Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. I want to give a title to today's program, and it's going to be Our Victory in Jesus Christ. Let's turn to, well, maybe one of the most famous verses in all of Scripture, John chapter 3. We're going to begin at verse 16 and read down to verse 18. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not judged. The one who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And I can't believe there's anyone watching right now that does not want eternal life. You see, we have no appetite for death, but we need to think about the brevity of our lives. We need to ask ourselves, are we making these days really count? Now, are they counting for self or are they counting for Christ? Now, I believe, in my opinion, that the most foolish decision that anyone can ever make is to choose to miss out on the glorious opportunity that God has extended to us in His Son, which is the gift of eternal life. Anytime we read John 3.16, we don't really understand it until we understand the enormity of the pain that was God's in giving up His Son to die for us. When God gave His Son for us, it was the most expensive gift that He could give. Salvation has never been cheap, and it, and it never will be cheap. But it's worth the cost. If it weren't worth the cost, God would not have spent His most precious gift on us. Don't miss out on eternal life. Don't miss the opportunity that, that God is extending to us, something beautiful, and it's a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't miss out on it. And that's why I want to talk to you about that very thing today. You see, I see people all over the place living in defeat, defeat in their inner lives. There isn't joy, there isn't a conviction, there isn't power. I see people living in defeat, and today I want to talk to you about victory in Christ. And I want to encourage you that if anybody tells you that victory is impossible, they have totally underestimated the power of God in Jesus Christ. The Bible says you can have victory. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Now, how is it possible for any of us to be more than conquerors. The Bible says that God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is a gift. It's not something we earn. It's not something by works. It's not something you, you work at. It's something you accept. We must have victory in Christ. And that is the promise of the gospel. Now, I have a verse here I want to read to you. <clears throat> this text hit me really hard a little while ago as I was preparing this message. 
Romans chapter 5 and in verse 10. Look at what it says. More. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more we shall be saved by his life. You see, the thing that has impressed me about Romans 5.10 is that Paul says much more, even beyond Jesus dying for our sins, it says, we shall be saved by his life, by the way he lived, by the victories that he gained in his own person, which are available to us. And the transfer of the victory of Christ from him to us. You know, I read a quotation from uh, uh, Christian author E.G. White in the book Great Controversy, page 510. Here's what it said. It said, Satan assailed Christ with his fiercest and most subtle temptations, but he was repulsed in every conflict. Those battles which Christ fought in our behalf, those victories make it possible for us to overcome. I think we understand clearly how we are to be saved by his death, but we need to understand more clearly how we are saved by the life of Jesus. Here's a text that I've overlooked for several years. It's found in 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 8. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Did you see that? What does it say? It says that the reason why Jesus came into the world was to destroy the works of the devil. Salvation of man is a byproduct of the fact that the Lord came to destroy the works of the devil. You see, there is a killer abroad in God's universe, and he had to be stopped. Now, what are the works of the devil? Well, let's look. Let's examine our own hearts. You see, the devil, we are told, was a liar, was a murderer from the beginning. How about us? Let me ask you a question. You wouldn't tell a lie, would you? I mean, a little white lie? A little shading of the truth that might be to our advantage in a business deal? Would we do that? I don't think we have any idea of how honest God wants us to be in every word and every thought. Why do you think Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? It is only as every word that comes out of our mouth is the truth that we can call ourselves Christians. You see, that's what Jesus came to defeat. For this cause, he came into the world. That's victory. That's victory in Christ. Now, I don't believe that someone watching here is going out next week to rob a bank. I doubt very much that he's going to take a gun and kill somebody. I'm just not going to do that. But let me ask a more intimate question. Did you get angry recently? Have you lost your temper this week? What we need to have in eternal life is a change of character. Salvation is more than a change of habits. It's more than a change of behavior. It's a change of character. You know, so many times we read the Sermon on the Mount. It starts out in such a nice way. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. That's nice. I mean, praise God for that. 
But let me tell you this, only the poor in spirit will see God. Blessed are the meek, for sh they shall inherit the earth. Only the meek will inherit the earth. When we get down to reading a little more of the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord says, you have heard that you shall not kill. But the Lord said, whoever is angry. I mean, did you know that anger is a sin? That's what he said. In other words, anger is part, if anger is part of our lifestyle, we need the meekness that the Lord Jesus Christ said he would give to us. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Anger is a sin because anger is selfishness. I mean, that's the way I believe the Lord looks upon this whole thing. The Sermon on the Mount is the Constitution. It is the, the manifesto of the Christian faith because the Lord goes on to say, except your righteousness shall exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So what about this righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? The Lord admitted that they were righteous, but he said, except your righteousness exceeds their righteousness. I mean, they paid their tithe. They were righteous people. But now listen to this. The righteousness of the scribe and of the Pharisees was restraint. I will restrain myself because I know it's wrong. It's restraint. But folks, a righteousness of restraint is not Christianity. Because Christianity is a change of character. Because Christ has worked in us. He's done it. He's done his work. He's changed us to be like him. Only when the character of the Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly, perfectly reflected in his people. Only when that character is perfectly reflected can we be candidates for the kingdom of our God. It is a sad thing, but it's true. But we need more than lip service to the gospel. we got a gospel that must be lived. For me to live is Christ, the Apostle Paul said. Now, we think of prayer as a kind of a pious exercise, a formality. We haven't always seen prayer as the source of power. Now, I want to challenge you to begin to experience from this day on to know the power of delivering prayer. It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to go out and stand under a tree. But it needs to be out loud. Remember in John 17, the Lord prayed, I pray not for these alone, but for all them also which shall believe on me through their word. So here's a question. How, I've often wondered, how did John know what the Lord prayed? I believe because he heard it. All of John chapter 17, the prayer of the Lord was out loud. Out loud prayer is very effective. Experiment with it in your own victorious life. Pray. Make a short, simple request. And the power of the enemy over you will be broken. You know, when you read in the Gospels that the Lord said, whatever you shall ask in my name, that do you. Do you believe that? Try it. What does it mean to pray in my name? 
in the name of Jesus Christ, we have unlimited authority. The Lord said, all power given to me in heaven and on earth, and he's delegated this, the power over sin in the name of Jesus Christ is 100% there available to us. You see, many are facing temptation, not knowing how to gain the victory. The solution of the victory is in the name of Jesus Christ. And the power of hell hates that name. That is the name that is above every name. Now let's just quickly talk about a few more of the victories. Materialism, the love of this world. I tell you folks, it's everywhere. It's even in the church. Nothing we have here, we can take with us, nothing. I heard the story of a very wealthy man. Everything he did turned to money. His friends kept telling him, you can't take it with you, you can't take it with you. So as he got older, the older he got, the more money he made. And as the story goes, it's a fictitious story, of course. The story goes that when he died, he figured out a way to take all his money with him. You see, he had sold everything and he turned it into gold bullion, like gold blocks and bars of gold. And the story, the fictitious story, is that he gets to the gates of heaven. And Peter meets him there. And Peter says, what have you got there? So he's got this great pile of stuff. He's got a tarp thrown over it. He's got a trailer. And Peter said, well, what, what do you have over there? The man very proudly pulled away the tarp and exposed all of the gold. And Peter stood there and rubbed his chin and said, oh, asphalt. You see, the moment we close our eyes, all we've got is this character. That's it. By the grace of Christ, that's all we have. Let's talk about pride. Pride is a terrible thing. Satan's heart was lifted up because of his beauty. The Lord overcame pride on three different occasions. He overcame pride in the stable. The, the Lord of glory came down as low as you can go. He was born in the stench of animal manure in order that you and I might be able to hold on to none of our pride. Then he washed his disciples' feet because they were too proud. He once again gained victory over pride. And at last, he gained a victory over pride on the cross. We always see the crucifix and we, get a, and we see the Lord with this loincloth on him. He didn't have any loincloth. Our Lord was stark naked. Do you know that? Stark naked in order that you and I might never be proud of our clothing. The Lord died naked to take away our pride of the way we look. But vanity is the sin of this age. We got to overcome vanity. We got, we got to be different. It's not what we wear. It's not what we have. It's who we are that really counts. We're talking about the gospel. If we let him and give him access, the victory is there for us if we ask for it. He will change us from what we are into what we ought to be. You know, when I look at the life of Jesus, I see that there is not a temptation that comes into our life that 
somewhere in his life, he has had victory over it, you know, whether it be pride, vanity, anger, everything. There's victory. All that victory is available to us if we simply ask for it. When the scripture says, ask and it shall be given unto you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. These are not just pretty words. They're the gospel. You get what you ask for. You have not because you ask not. If we will ask, it will be given. The problem is that we are so silent. In the moment of temptation, in the moment we need victory, we struggle with restraint instead of asking. You see, I'm talking about victory in Christ. And without this victory, we cannot qualify for eternal life. But the victory is his and the glory is his. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you know, we have a tendency to justify our temper. All of us do. The temptation of Jesus on the cross was, was anger, which is a form of hatred. The devil said to Jesus, he said, look at your hands. Remember how you touched the leper? Remember how you touched the eyes of the blind? Remember how you straightened out crippled limbs? Remember all of that? You see that nail? That's their expression of gratitude. That's their thanks. They don't want you. Hate them. Let them die. They deserve it. The devil was trying to make Jesus angry with the human race because by pointing out how ungrateful they really are. But what did Jesus do instead? Instead of responding to the temptation to be angry at those who were crucifying him, he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. So can I ask you a question? Do we know what we're doing? I think that question is generic. You see, the devil was trying to get Jesus to become angry with the human family, and he lost. The Lord gained a victory over anger under the most provocative circumstances. He was unjustly treated. His hands did not deserve that nail. We say, I don't deserve the treatment I get. I should not have to put up with this. But we have to forgive. Not by restraint but because the man of the cross, the man of Calvary lives within us, the man who forgave those who unjustly treated him. When we do that, then we are Christians. You know, here's something I've been thinking about. When Jesus cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remember that? What did that mean? He said, where are you when I need you? You see, Jesus was tempted to be angry with God the Father because when he needed him most, he wasn't there for him. This is the ultimate temptation. Where are you when I need you? And in the hour when we are in pain, when we suffer rejection, 
and something terrible happens in our family and you cry out, I have served you all these years. Where are you when I need you? Do you know that the Lord met that very thing? No matter how dark it gets, you may be tempted to say, God, where are you? You've got to remember that in the darkness of Calvary's cross, the Father was there and he suffered equally with his Son. You and I have got to remember that no matter how dark things get in our lives, that no matter what God does, God is right there. His loving heart is weeping for you. It's weeping for me. And he knows and he understands every pain. The Lord is a perfect Savior. You know, he bled from his hands that he might atone for the things we have done that we should never have done. He bled from his head that he might atone for the thoughts that we thought that we should never have thought. He bled from his back that he might atone for the burdens that we have carried that should never have been carried. He bled from his feet for the places we have gone that we should never have gone. And he bled from his side that he might atone for the feelings that we have felt that we should never have felt. From the top of his head to the sole of his feet, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Let us pray. And gracious God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for bearing the cross for us. Thank you for remaining on the cross when justifiably you could have come down and destined all of us to eternal death. But in your love, you remained on the cross and you extend that gift of salvation to everyone. May there be no one within the reach of my voice that has not accepted the gift of eternal life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program that we refer to as the book offer, the special offer. On each and every program, we have a resource available to you. And today we've been talking about victory in Christ and how, you know, we have to move away from restraint to a transformation, that God needs to transform our character. You know, it is much easier to talk about these different biblical principles than it is to put them into practice in our lives. And I think it's because we don't tap into the strength that is available to each and every one of us through the power of God's Spirit. Here's a little resource that I think can help you in uh, better connecting on a daily basis with God and crying out for His help each day that our lives may reflect the life of Jesus more appropriately. It's a small little book. It is called Help in Daily Living, a Practical Guide to Everyday Blessing. We'd love to send you this little resource as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. There's no cost whatsoever to you, no obligation whatsoever on your part. You're never going to receive an invoice for it. It is a gift from us to you. If you are interested in receiving this book, 
pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. First things first, let me thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for faithfully tuning in. And if it's your first time watching, thank you for being here. I hope you'll join us again next time. You know, one of the ways that you can promote our program with your friends and your family is by referring them to our website, l4ltv.com. All of the programs we have ever aired are accessible under the website, under the tab, Previous Programs. And you'll see that you can just click there. They're all divided by month, and it'll take you to our YouTube page where all of those programs are there. Check that out. You know, refer them to your friends and family that they too can become more frequent watchers of Lessons for Living Television. On the uh, website, we have archived sermons, which is a series of presentations I've done. I think most of the ones that I have there now, I did in Edmonton not too long ago, tackle some perplexing questions. What happens to a person when they die? How will the world end? Who or what is 666? Check that out. There's a video presentation, and then there's a study guide you can download. There's also a tab that is uh, Donate Today, where uh, if you feel so impressed to do so, you can make a donation to the ministry to help us remain on the air. It requires a significant amount of resources, and we rely upon the generosity of our donors to stay on the air. And so if you can do that, we are a charitable organization, so you will receive a receipt, an official receipt for income tax purposes, and every dollar that is donated gets reinvested into the ministry. It doesn't come to me or my family in any way. It goes directly to paying for airtime and the studio that we're in right now and the gifts that we send out, all of those things. And so I wanted you to know that, that my family and I, we do not benefit financially from any of the donations that come into this ministry. I want to remind you of Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video. Great way to start your day focused on things of heaven. Uh, like our Facebook page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll be notified every time a new program is added. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Santos underscore Bill. And about a half an hour from now, we'll have an audio version of today's program available for you for download. 
through SoundCloud. So check out soundcloud.com slash L4L television. You'll be able to get that there. We are all out of time. Let me thank you again for joining us. I look forward to being with you again next time. We'll see you then. God bless you.